<laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Catfish Weekly. This is Catfish Weekly 32. Uh, tonight's topic, we're going to be talking about uh, safety and knowing your surroundings, uh, using using your surroundings and, and helping to, to be safe. Um, some other things just just along the safety topic, basically. Um, we're also going to talk with our, uh, I'm going to mention the featured anglers again. We're going to do our whiskerware giveaway about midway through the show. Um, and then I'll talk about some of the uh, people that we got coming on here in the future and just our normal stuff. So uh, starting off with the safety topic, I know that Lyle, you, you did a tournament this weekend in, in Keokuk, Iowa, I believe. And I think you dealt with some safety issues that you, you might want to start us off on? Yeah, we did. We had a really nice tournament up in Keokuk. Um, we knew that there were storms in the area, and, and this is the part of that I really want to touch on. We um, we left out with a light light bit of rain and, and launched everybody off, and as Cindy and I was getting ready to leave and John was with us, uh, we had some guys come in that had boated quit them when they went out to get bait, so we took their entry and sent them on their way so we probably left the boat ramp uh, 30 minutes or so uh, behind everyone else, and we got, uh, I'm going to guess, 10 or 12 miles down the river, and we got hit by a storm of unbelievable proportions. We had uh, four to eight-foot rollers coming over the front of the boat, um, driving rain. You couldn't hardly see where you was going. Of course, now, uh, Bear in mind, we have a, a full enclosure on our boat and the windshield shut, and you still can't see where you're going. Uh, underneath the windshield where it closes in the center, there's a two-foot spot square, uh, and, and water was just gushing over there. And, and the reason why this is a subject is, is important to me is the day before, Cindy and I had been out uh, pre-fishing, and my bilge pump had quit working. And uh, we just, you know, it was raining a little bit then, so we just come on in, loaded the boat up, and we went to uh, Dave's Marine and, and uh, uh, right up the road there from Kick. I can't think of the name of town. But anyhow, Mike Bean, really good guy, uh, called him up, told him what the deal was, went up there, he fixed my, my uh, stump pump, got us going, we're, we're out of there. If, if we hadn't got that fixed... Uh, we'd either had to come in or sunk the boat. I mean, water was coming over the front of that boat so fast that that 800-gallon-per-hour pump just run. I left it on for probably an hour to pump water out of the boat. I mean, uh, it was unbelievable how fast it was coming over the top of that boat. and uh, we, wasn't, we wasn't traveling real fast when it got bad. We was going slow, and, and uh, I just want everybody to understand that if you're not sure of your surroundings, please make sure and, and make sure that your boats are fixed and ready for these situations. Um, I talked today with, uh, uh, man, I'm having a time with names tonight. Anyhow, he's got a 200 Pro Cat. They pulled in behind uh, an a, a island up there in a chute and stayed. Uh, we was there about three hours, and I was actually out seeing them come out of the chute and uh, they fished about 400 yards or 500 yards up from us at the time. I didn't know who it was, uh, but uh, uh, 
uh, he said that their their sump pump run for an hour and a half, two hours. I mean, just uh, to get water out of the boat. Now, the, the people that won the boat or won the tournament, they went way on down below where the rest of us was at. The guy was in a uh, uh, deep V uh, tracker Targa, very safe boat. Uh, he cut right through that stuff. I mean, they had to fight the same elements that everybody else did, but that deep V boat versus what uh, <clears throat> the other guy had in that, that pro cat, uh, he couldn't keep water in a way. We have a deep V, but we couldn't keep the water from coming over the front of the boat. And, and uh, I guess Jason's uh, target, he, he done really well with getting it down there because uh, Troy had told me that he would ride them up and ride them down, and and we was it was just coming over our boats fast. And there's no way you could do that. And, and uh, safety needs to be a priority. People need to remember to put their life jackets on before you take off uh, at any tournament, but especially in conditions like this. And and uh, make sure that everything that needs to work on them boats work, whether sump pump lights, uh, every everything there is. Uh, Make sure you have your life jackets. Make sure they're all, uh, you know, where you can get to them. If you don't, if you don't have them on, make sure that they're on the back of your seat or something. And, and uh, you know, this this weekend was an eye opener for me. And it's not that we haven't been in bad water before, because we have. But uh, this was this uh, this thing come up in a matter of about 30 minutes and got this bad. The water was slick calm when we left, and and uh, like I say, 10 minutes down the river. Uh, it was not. It was it was just absolute far. So uh, that was my point that I wanted to get through. And and uh, you guys, I'm sure, have got some other things to, to talk about uh, with safety uh, and the safety factor. And uh, I think we need to get it out and make people aware of, of uh, what we got going. Yeah, definitely checking your bilge pump. Um, you know, there's there's easy way to check that before you get out on the water. I mean, you can simply take a garden hose and pump a little bit of water in the back, hit that bilge pump, make sure it's working, especially before tournaments where you know you're expecting rain. Um, you know, but no matter what, being on the water, rain or not, you need a working bilge pump. You That's never right. know. You never know what could happen where you could get some, uh, you know, some water up over the front of the boat or up up over the back of the boat. Um, things happen, you know, you're, you're never totally in control out there. You got anything to add on that, Chuck? No, I, um, I also carry a spare sump in my, um, in my front storage compartment with a, um, uh, probably got a six foot hose <coughs> on it, um, and I just put alligator clips on the end, uh, you know, in case I ever get in trouble. Uh, I can, you know, have a little bit of extra pumping capacity, and it, it's come in handy for a couple other people, but luckily I've never had to use it. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's something I might do. I know I have, I know I have spare pumps just sitting around the garage. You know, ain't no sense where I shouldn't have uh, some alligator clips on them and throw a little hose on them. And I got compartments that, you know, I could throw it in, and it's there in case I ever do need it. Yeah, and I, I'd use it also, uh, you know, after the tournament to help. You know, pump my live well. Uh, drain faster. Yeah, drain faster because you know where I have it, it you can't drain it over the side of the boat because it's lower than the side. So I can only get it down to about six inches, and the rest you have to pump out before it's really light enough to be able to, you know, pour it over the side. But 
Uh, that's what I have it in there for, and I I just leave it in there all the time in case I ever need it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, one of the things that, you know, what we're talking about, the safety and the surroundings part of it. Um, there's a lot of different reasons where water can come in your boat. There's a lot. There's some people that really don't understand what they need to be doing um, on the water when they have waves coming at them. I've seen people turn their boat where the back end of their boat, you know, is taking those waves, and that's absolutely, that's exactly the opposite of what you need to do. You need the front of your boat breaking those waves, especially with like a deep V or um, one of those kinds of boats. That'll take that a lot better. I mean, but any kind of boat you want to point the, the bow of the boat towards the waves. And, and if you can turn it that way, you're going to cut that wave and it's going to help you with with uh, not rolling a boat over, uh, not taking water over a side, not taking water over the transom. Um, there, are, there are some things that... Uh, I believe they're called uh, wave whackers that that you could buy, and I believe that 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 engine area between your engine and your transom, there's a big uh, gap there that a lot of people, you know, if they're backing up real quick or if they get a little bit of a wave, that's where that water most of the time comes up into that over that transom. And those wave whackers you can buy and install, they kind of help with that a little bit. And it just keeps you know keeps a bunch of that water. Push back out. It's a it's a soft plastic material, so it allows your engine to move, uh, yet still holds that water out. Um, you know, also with uh, knowing your surroundings and things, you know, using your common sense. Say, for instance, there's I've been in quite a few tournaments where you might have a hundred plus boats taken off in a slightly foggy morning and it's a shotgun start or, or you know or even a you know 25 30 boats at a time start and in the in that scenario you really got to know you got to know what your boat's capable of what it's not capable of what's going on what's smart to do what's not smart to do um, those you know anything where you 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 don't really know what's going on, especially like I'm talking about a foggy situation. Um, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I've taken off and and been flying through there, you know, and you know, trying to get to the front of those boats that are all making that wake, so you're not the one that's getting hit by them all. And you know, the smart thing in in that to do is to make sure you have your life jacket on. You want to make sure that you have your kill switch attached to your life jacket. Um, you want to Kind of like I, I look at it almost the way that you look at a yield sign when you're driving. At least the way I've always looked at a yield sign, which is drive it, you know, take take that turn or do it as fast as you can see. If you can see clearly, if you know nothing's coming, you know, you can go faster. If you can't see very clearly, slow down a little bit, you know. You might not be the first one in front of them people and stuff. Definitely, if you know that you're in a slower boat and you're in there, or you just realize that, you know, you've got you know, 40 boats in front of you that are putting off so much wake that you feel, you know, scared, what you need to do is just pull off to the side, get out of the way, let them boats get by, turn turn the front of your boat to all that wake, let them get by, and then just, when you feel more comfortable, get out there, because no tournament, you know, getting to that spot, none of that is worth, you know, somebody getting hurt or losing a life. Um, just Just take it easy, take it safe, enjoy yourself, that's what 
you know, fishing, be it tournament fishing or not, it's all still about enjoyment. If it ain't about enjoyment, then I don't know what you're doing fishing. <laughs> you know, you was talking about that fog, Chris. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had a tournament out of Louisiana, Missouri, and uh, we launched everybody out, and everybody took off, and uh, probably a couple of miles upriver, it was it's just like the fog just moved in on us. Uh, you couldn't see hardly in front, the very front of your boat, and we're running wide open with several other boats, and everybody kind of shut down, and you could hear it. And, and Doug Rice uh, was one of the boats that was near us, and you could hear him and Art talking in the boat, but you couldn't see them. And and there was three or four other guys. Everybody's trying to figure out what what they was going to do to keep from hitting everybody. Uh, we have GPS, of course, in our boat, and I'm trying to stay on the line so I know where I'm going. And it just it got so so eerie with everybody talking around you. You didn't know whether you're going to run into them or they're going to run into you. We just talked, made a direct left hand turn, went to the island, anchored up next to the island. Uh, didn't figure anybody would be over there, and we stayed until the fog lifted. Uh, some of the others went to different banks and done that. Others just kept going, you know. Uh, uh, again, this is a safety factor, and, and uh, uh, as much as I trust my GPS, especially coming in strange water at night, uh, if I stay on that line, I'm convinced I'm going to be good, but I'm not 100% there completely foolproof, so you need to bear in mind if, if, if you're concerned about hitting something or somebody or somebody hitting you, you need to get out of the, the, the main line and, and get someplace where it's safe to set until you, you are more comfortable with it. Yeah. The uh, I've been in I've been in many times actually that, that same kind of fog fog that you're talking about. And you know, there it is eerie. I've also, you know, I've been I've I've done the following the line, you know, and that's you know, some of the newer fish finders and stuff, they're gonna have that. And it's an absolutely awesome tool I mean, to use. But there's still a lot of dangers to using that. I mean, you know, there's there's the reason why you, you pulled over is because, you know, you're following that line. Any body of water, especially that's got barges on it, it's got lots of other boats, you're not going to see that barge. You're probably not going to hear it. You know, you you might be on that line, and, and if you're over in the deeper water or whatever, and he's going to have sonar, but that he can't turn that barge on a dime. Um, so, you know, even if you're just putting along or whatever, you know, you uh, you run a you run a chance of hitting a log in the water. You run a chance of you know that's just running downstream. You know, I mean, you might hit uh, buoys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've I've came pretty close to some buoys before in that in that thick fog. Um, there's lots of hidden things in that fog, and I mean, I've I've done it. You know, I've walked I've walked the walked the line back to get back in time for a tournament and stuff, and sometimes really that. That's just not worth it. I mean, you know, it, it being winning a couple hundred dollars, even if you're going to win a tournament or something, isn't worth the chance that you're taking in that, you know, in a in a very dangerous situation. Situation. You need to realize, you know, what what really is more important, what's more valuable, um, taking that chance or not taking that chance. And and the harder thing to do is not take that chance. I ain't gonna lie, it's hard to do. 
especially in tournament scenarios. You know, but if it's the smartest thing to do and it's the best thing to do, you know, nobody's going to fault you for doing it. Nobody's going to call you a wuss for, you know, pulling over and staying safe. No, if they do, it's too bad, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to try to do a screen share here, if I can get it to work. You'll just, you hit the screen share and then you you hit the button, or it'll show you like a bunch of different screens. You should see the screen that you want to share. Okay. Uh, do you see the um, the rollers coming out the back of my boat? Yep. Um, I'm I'm under Gunnersville Dam. You've been there, Chris. Um, I was anchored down in uh, 40,000 CFS current. The rollers are coming from the west. A big wind picked up. The um, I was anchored down, and they were coming over the back of my boat. Um, I got all my rods in. Uh, I was in a situation to where um, I was either I needed to cut my anchor rope or I needed to try to get my anchor back. <laughs> so uh, I fired my motor up. I tried to ease up river a little bit. Um, a good one came over the back of my boat, and that's when I grabbed the old serrated knife and uh, cut loose 50 bucks. But, um, you know, that right there can be a dangerous situation, too, if you're in the current and you have wind blowing in the opposite direction when it's blowing against that current uh, it can um, especially if you're anchored down it, it can uh, start rolling very quick and get very dangerous so uh, and that, that's something you need to watch out for also and them and them uh, um, John style boats from what I've been told it can only take two of those big waves to sink it I mean it doesn't take a ton. It it can really it it can be fast. Yes, and these rollers in this picture right here, they don't look very big at all. And I think, matter of fact, the back of my boat is on the rise right now. So one's going under the back of my boat right now. Um, you know that they're, they're very large, and uh, it was only every third one that would actually break over the back of my boat. It wasn't, you know. One would hit, raise my boat up. The second one would hit, raise my boat up. Then the third one would be off sequence just a little bit, and it would come over the back. And it was exactly every third one, and that's when, um, you know, I decided to cut loose and get out of there. And it was still at the same day Jason Bridges was fishing uh, right up, right next to the dam. Um, he was probably... He he put his boat in seven miles down river down um, down at another campground and it took him over an hour uh, going down river toward the rollers to get back toward his to get back to his trailer hugging the bank that day. Yeah. So it was um, you know it wasn't a very good day. Which does bring up another another point here. This. This last time, you know, with what you were saying, him hugging the bank, and, and I was out on the Ohio River this last, not this recent weekend, but I believe it was the weekend, or it might have been Friday, Thursday or Friday? Thursday, I think. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday I went down the Ohio River. You know, I got out late. I didn't put gas in the boat. I was hoping that I had plenty in there. Went down river. I've got a beast of a trolling motor, so, I mean, I, I wasn't, Super worried about it, uh, but I've got the the Tarova 80, the 24 volt, and that it 
you know, with a 24 volt battery or uh, trolling motor, you got all kinds of battery life. And I can get three and a half mile an hour with my trolling motor, and that's a deep V boat and it's heavy, so that's pretty good. But when I got out there, I realized that I had a I had about a two mile an hour current, and I got I got downriver a good ways, and you know I'm when it was about time to come back up and try to we were coming up to get some shad somewhere I came back up and it was three I think three o'clock in the morning or so and I made it about three quarters of the way back to the boat ramp when my boat shut off and I realized I was out of gas so you know in in, the, in that situation you know I dropped my trolling motor um, immediately went to the bank that I felt was best being cut by the wind and got right up on that bank and I and I out in the middle of the river I was hitting about against that current and the wind and everything I was hitting about 0.4 to 0.5 mile an hour and I had a good ways to go and uh, when I got up to that bank on the on the far side I jumped that up to about 1.8 mile an hour almost two mile an hour at some points um, I meet, you know, I, I rode that bank all the way until I basically hit the wind again, and then cut to the other side, cut straight across the river, hit the other side bank, and then, you know, hit that two mile an hour mark again. And I did that, and, you know, I, I, I think it took me about two hours to get back to the ramp from where I was at. Um, but you, you know, in in situations where you, you know, you might be relying on trolling motor safety things, you know, get to a bank. Uh, Couple different reasons. Number one is that you're you're going to have less of the current most of the time. Um, another being that if you do have any sort of uh, um, cat uh, failure, any sort of catastrophic failure, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll get it out. Any sort of failure, anything like that, at least you know you're close to some land. You know you want to be as as close to the land and dangerous situation as possible. Uh, be able to get off of that boat, get over to the land, make sure that, you know, you're out of the danger zone, basically. You know, I mean, it. being out in the middle of that river, you know, and having something happen with no with no motor or anything like that, and then having, you know, most of the time, most of us aren't wearing our, our uh, life jackets the whole time. You know, it, it's a long ways on, on the Ohio River to get even from the middle to one side, you know, so... Chris, um, Rob Plotfelder from Wishkawar Perils has sent me a message here. Um, very useful site and some good reading. Uh, anybody that's interested, it's called Rough Water Seamanship, uh, Part 1 Boat Handling. This covers calculating how big a bilge pump you need and gear and all kinds of stuff. It's actually geared towards big water, but it's very useful because it has a lot of stuff like the, the how to figure out what size pump you actually need, and that's at www.docsiderports.com. If anybody is interested, I'll be happy to put the link up for them. Just message me. And the other one that has that he's talking about uh, would be small boat safety at sea and boat safety at sea from the same website, www.docsiderreports.com. Uh, this, you know, these kind of things like that uh, is great information, and if I get a chance, I'll put this up on our website later uh, for people to look at because 
you know, I feel like the 800 gallon per hour uh, bilge pump that we had is very sufficient for, for our boat, but there's a lot of people uh, that's boat come out of the factory with three and five hundred gallon per hour pumps and if you get a hundred gallons of water in the bottom of that boat it takes a while to get that stuff out of there yes and what will also come into play is your your hose sizes and, and exactly you, know, you need to find out what if you got quarter inch hose you know if nothing over a 500 gallon per hour is going to be doing you any any favor there anyway and you really need something bigger than that then you might just have to run a new uh, bilge pump line with maybe a quarter or a half inch or three quarter inch I think you know. three quarter seven eighths and one inch is, is the ones that a lot of these things are using I believe that mine uh, is one inch uh, with that bigger pump but a lot of the smaller pumps only have three quarter outlets so uh, yeah. you know, it doesn't like you say it doesn't matter if you got a a 1600 gallon per hour pump if you can only move so much uh, through the, the size hose you have so make sure that you have the right size hose and a, a pump big enough to do the job so that you're safe. Safety is, is, is more important than any fishing tournament or, or anything else that I can imagine. Correct and uh, also you've got uh, a switch bilge pump and a automatic bilge pump and uh, uh, I have a reason why I switched to the automatic from the switched, um, and that's from falling asleep night fishing with uh, the live uh, with the bait tank on, and a shad got caught in overflow, and you know flooded my boat. And you couldn't hear it until I got up, and you know I was sloshing around in my boat. Uh, but you know if I'd have stayed asleep, that could have been deadly. So immediately I went and got me an automatic pump. And uh, quit using shad. We have a we have a couple suggestions uh, on our online chat. Uh, Ron Workman suggests that you fill your boat up before you launch. That's a great idea, Ron. Uh, keeps you from running out of gas, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jason Huggins says keep a spare prop in your boat. He lost a prop six miles south of a ramp. No spare. That's another great idea. Uh, I know a lot of guys that don't want to put the prop in because it takes up that little bit of a space. Um, if if uh, another thing, if, if you have an older boat and it has motor with shear pins in it, just put a couple of shear pins in there. Uh, another Jason says he's broke paddles and 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 I have done the same thing. But uh, if you have room for an extra prop and you have an extra prop, that's a great idea. Really, it only takes a second or two to to change props and and uh, you know. If you have room, spare anchors and, and, and plenty of rope to let you out. There, there's a lot of variables like that that uh, people need to take into consideration. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I believe we've had a, one of our first episodes was a little bit on the safety, and I think I mentioned, you know, having, like Chuck was talking about, needing to cut his anchor rope. You know, when things like that are going on, um, the last thing you need to be to do is to be trying to find a knife when when right. you have that stuff happening because you're thinking you know like Chuck was thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can't get this broke loose he started his motor up he's you know you got 14 it feels like 14 different things going on at once and you know after you know when he figured out all else has failed I need to cut that rope you know it could have been disastrous if he didn't have a rope that he or a knife that he could find really quick so I always say 
keep a knife up front by an anchor rope, just sitting around like where you know it's going to be. Um, you know, make you, you can make a little you know wooden thing or whatever that you can you know has slots in it that you could put knives in. You know, and, and just have you know a few of those around the boat where you have knives always easily accessible and you know where they're going to be at and you can gr grab one really quick. Well, you know, we keep one in the front, one in the back, and one to cut bait with. And once in a while, one of them gets missed, the bait knife gets misplaced, and we grab one of the others, use it, but it goes back to the, either the back or front or or wherever the bait thing uh, is at. And and one thing too, uh, if you're worried, you know, a, a sharp knife is, is by far the safest between that and a dull knife. But if you're in, a, in an instance in heavy current or something, and that rope is stretched tight. You'd be surprised how fast a dull knife will go through a rope because they're stretched so tight it just about anything will cut them to get them off. And that's what you want. You want it cut uh, so where you can get out of there and get safe in a hurry. Yes, I, I, up in the front of my boat, I keep a small pair of pruning shears, the, 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 you know, the hand-sized. And, um, yeah. you know, the, yeah, it just, you know, you don't even know you cut it. You just give it a little bit of pressure and it snapped. I mean, it's it's gone. That's something I hadn't thought about. That actually is an excellent idea. And uh, anybody that's done much outdoor stuff or uh, hunting out of a tree stand or anything probably got a pair of them, and uh, they probably need to replace them and get a new pair for their deer hunting so they can take the old ones and put them up in front of there and put a little bit of oil on them so they won't rust. So that is an excellent idea, Chuck. Yeah, and you know, you don't have that long, sharp knife hanging around, and, uh, you know, you're, you're tripping around the front of your boat anyway around – you know, half the time you got your uh, throw net laying there, you're throwing bait and, uh, you know, throwing for shad or whatever, and you got anchor ropes strung across and everything. So, you know, I don't like having, you know, a knife up front if I can help it because there's already enough dangerous stuff up there anyway. So I just I just keep those little pruning shears stuck down in my little uh, crack between my si uh, side well and my um, – my front deck, and they fit perfect. And I just keep them standing up right there where I can grab them, and uh, they work out pretty good. I, I believe I have, I don't know if they're pruning shears or if they're like a uh, meat and bone cutting scissors type of thing. Um, I believe they might have came in my, like an LEM outdoor uh, uh, deer processing kit or something, but they're, they're heavy duty, and I keep them in my boat, and I would use them for actually uh, taking... And, and cutting like the top fin off a of bluegill or if I have a bullhead I'll cut those two side fins off of them um, and I sometimes will snip a little part of their tail and I just do that sort of give them a different sort of a, a slower um, you know try to escape if they're trying to escape if something's, something's chasing them or something it sort of you know limits their ability to, to take off real quick and you know, it's not really. I mean, they're, they're fish are going to eat them regardless if they have those spines or 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 whatever. But it just slows them down, in my opinion, and and might even, you know, stress them out a little bit where they put off a scent that might be attracted. I'm I'm not positive, but I seem to do it. But having some of those on your boat, you can use them for something like that, and for like what Chuck is saying, you know, just being able to cut rope or whatever. They're 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 good to have. Um, Jason Huggins did say that uh, in chat, he said, PVC works good for a knife holder, no PVC pipe. I can see where that would be good, and uh, you, you probably won't get cut as long as your knife's down in it. That's, that's an excellent idea also. 
um, you know, one of the one of the things that that I was going to touch on with you was talking there, Chris. Uh, you was talking about the way you cut um, the fins and horns and stuff off those little catfish. Uh, you know, you was I, if I heard you right, you you wasn't sure that it helped or nothing, but you did it anyhow. Uh, confidence in what you're doing plays a big part in whether if you don't believe that something's going to work for you, it probably isn't. So if you believe that cutting them off, and I do it too, uh, I also sometimes take live bait and, and, and will cut them in the side to make them bleed. Uh, maybe it helps, maybe it don't. Makes me feel better about it. I have <laughs> a lot of confidence in it, and uh, it seems like uh, if you believe in something, whether it be uh, using shad or skipjack over one or the other. Uh, it's probably going to work better for you, and I, you know, I, I learned that from from watching one of the greats, Bill Dance. He used to say that all the time in a lot of his shows. That confidence is the best, uh, one of the best things that you can have. And if you don't believe in what you're doing, you probably ought to be doing something different. Correct. You know, the reason I do it because every time I see a fish, uh, you know, on a picture on Facebook or any time that, you know, has a fish in its mouth. They always, uh, you know, go for the, the bait fish head first. And, you know, I, I trim the gills down because I figure if they hit that fish in the wrong direction and they know they got it in their mouth wrong, without those uh, fins in the way, they're probably going to hold it in their mouth longer and, and you'll have a better chance on setting the hook before they spit it out and try to go at it at a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we're about midway through the show right now. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna talk about our featured anglers and our do. I'll go ahead and do the whiskerware giveaway, and then uh, if we got a little bit more on the safety and stuff, we can go back and and touch on that a little bit. Uh, but for our featured anglers, like I said, I'm doing about four or five of them. I'm trying to get caught up so that way I make sure that I get everybody mentioned on on uh, on the show here. But uh, for tonight, I have Derek Horrell, Major Brown, Chad Shemp, Sean Workman, and Anthony Finley. We thank you guys for posting on Catfish Weekly, uh, you know, posting the pictures and stuff. Uh, please keep doing it. You know, we really enjoy watching uh, the pictures and the videos um, that you guys are posting up. So thank you very much for posting them. Keep, keep doing it. Spread the word. Um, we appreciate it. Yeah, and we're we're very glad we're st we're still able uh, able to keep our group public and open. Um, you know, everybody's keeping it nice and clean. There's no argument going on, and that's exactly how we want to keep it. And uh, you know, we're glad it's staying that way, and I we appreciate it. You and, know, and go ahead. I was gonna say last week we talked about how, you know guys posting some pictures of kids and stuff and. You guys did that, and we really appreciate it. You know, I mean, lets us know you're listening, you're watching the show, uh, you're enjoying the same things we enjoy. So, you know, keep posting pictures of the kids, and and like I said, they weren't even all catfish, but we still like seeing them. So, thank you very much. Absolutely, you know, and uh, you know, we some of the people that have been on the show, uh, Janet and Big Fox, uh, not too awful long ago, within the last week or so, they had pictures of their grandkids and and. Uh, posted pictures of that and and you know that's just outstanding and people uh, as busy as we all are that people still take the time to take their kids their grandkids 
out fishing and, and uh, we all have uh, kids or grandkids or nieces and nephews and, and uh, uh, you know they all like to go so uh, anytime you guys take them out and get a picture please share it with us we're all happy to see it and all the viewers seem to enjoy it and uh, you know that's that's why we do this is for entertainment and enjoyment for ourselves and others uh, because like I said like we had said before we're not making anything off this we're not trying to make anything off this we would at some point like to break even uh, but in the meantime, we'll keep doing it as we are, uh, just to make sure that as long as everybody's happy and having a good time with it. Yeah, and if we don't teach our kids, you know, the things that we believe in, the things that we're enjoying, how to how to do it, what we're doing, and some of the some of the you know the uh, conservation efforts, things like that. You know, if you talk to guys that are in car clubs and stuff right now, there's lots of areas of of um, interests and things, especially with today's youth and stuff, where there's no youth coming in. All their members are all guys that are, you know, older or women that are older, and and really the youth just isn't there. And we don't want catfishing to be one of those things. We we want the youth to to continue on what we're doing and and be able to enjoy what we enjoy. So, you know, anything you can do when you take a kid fishing, you know, and you and you let them reel in a fish most of the time that's all it takes I mean it's not hard it's just getting them out on that water having a fishing pole in their hands and reeling a fish in that's correct uh, you gotta excuse me for just a second I'm gonna have to take the phone my phone downstairs and I'll be right back uh, I got a message for Cindy that she needs to take care of I'll be right back all right while he's going Chris, why don't you, uh, while we have the opportunity, uh, do a screen share of our Catfish Weekly uh, website and uh, sh uh, open up the forum and uh, show our audience, uh, you know, what we have to offer on there and, you know, the, the different topics that we've had added. All right, I can do that. Because, you know, most people probably, you know, they probably haven't even seen it. It's just, a, you know, it's it's real small in our index and... Um, you know, it, it's gonna it's gonna be great to uh, you know get this forum going and you know be able to share um, you know fishing reports. Um, we have a place on there where you know you can recommend uh, what you want to see on the show, different guests that you would like to see. Um, you know, there's all kind of little. Um, we we don't have it huge and have so many topics where you can't decide what to post on. We we you know about have the right amount. Yep, right here, as you can see, this is the main Catfish Weekly site right here. Up in the top right here in this middle section, right below our banner, is our URLs to the uh, Watch Us Live upcoming shows and, and about each one of us individually, giveaways. Um, and then the very last button there, we got the forum. You click that, it's going to take you to our forum. You can see where we only have right now, we have news for Catfish Weekly News, contests and giveaways, questions for the show, suggestions for the show, um, Catfish Talk, which is uh, just, we have a subject or a topic for charity and help needed, uh, just general chat, stories, reports, and pictures, uh, tournaments that are going on. You can post any, you know, you can post tournaments that are going on just to let people know and you know, if you run tournaments or something like that, make sure you start putting them on there and people will see that. And then uh, down here we just got our video section, which 
Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep that there or not, but right now we haven't got anything in it. Um, so that's all it is. It's it's if you got an idea, like I said, for you know suggestions for the show, which could be a suggestion to add a forum, um, you can put that in there. We'll add a forum most likely for you, and um, we can talk about whatever we want to talk about in here. And it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good uh, forum area to get start to build up and, and be a part of. And we do have um, the super fan VIP. That's that's right here. This shows you you'll get this super fan icon like whenever you post it'll show up. Um, it's the ten dollar package. Basically you'll get this icon. You'll get an extra entry for every contest that Catfish Weekly does for a year. Um, that's going to be huge. That's going to be worth way more than it. It already is worth way more than ten dollars. So, um, for every contest we have, basically you'll get a bonus entry. You'll see that uh, when we do the drawing here in a minute, you'll see Jason Malone has a bonus entry. He's a super fan. Um, and if you got not, if you know, if you if you want to um, <coughs> donate or whatever, anything like that, we can get you we can get you set up to do that for the super fan and. And uh, get you in for the extra bonuses for the for the contest, but that's our forum. Um, hey you guys, all yep. Um, you know, I know. I'm pretty sure that you've seen it. Um, Cindy and I fished the, the fishing for freedom tournament earlier this year, and it was videotaped uh, through the the uh, uh, service man that we took out. He's a pro staff for uh, uh, one of the shows that's broadcast on YouTube and, and other places and that is an outstanding video uh, however we got to do to get that posted on that video thing I think would be a, a really good deal for people to watch uh, it starts out with a bunch of stuff uh, about the fishing for freedom tournament and and the military guys and, and there's several minutes of that that is very uh, well worth watching and then uh, the the last part of the show is, is uh, uh, us taking, uh, his name was Lyle David Atkinson, and uh, we took him fishing with us, and, and he's an outstanding young man, and we enjoyed having him in the boat with us, and uh, he got to catch a fish, and, and uh, you know, we ended up third overall. I think there was 130-some boats in that tournament, and uh, we was very proud uh, to have him on the boat with us, so... Uh, I think that would make a really good video to start out the video section with if we can figure out how to get it put on there. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah, and also also on the forums, you know, the, the sooner you sign up and, uh, you know, pick your logon name, you can, you know, you, you can get the coolest uh, logon names, you know, uh, you know, Blue Cat Killer, and, you know, you can pick you up some good ones, whatever you want, so... Um, you know, we hope it's a good, you know, success, and, uh, you know, that'd be great if everybody would, you know, get on there and participate. A good place, you know, we, we need to hear what y'all want. This is y'all's show. Um, uh, you know, we're here to, you know, give y'all uh, information about catfishing. Uh, you know, if there are certain guest speakers, you know, you want to come on and us to talk to, you know, give us some ideas, and we'll make it happen. Yeah, well, so I might just jump on there and steal the midnight hooker stuff. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and do this uh, this uh, whisker wear apparel giveaway. I'm gonna do a screen share again. 
I believe everybody should be seeing what I'm looking at right now. Correct? Awesome. Yes. All right. So, for our uh, for our giveaway this week, who all is still entered right now is Teresa and Dave, Melinda Jackson, Jason Malone, the Jason Malone Superfan Entry, Ron Workman, John Harden, Scott Meyer, Seth McAllister, Jason Huggins, and Brown Catfishing. Same things. I'm going to randomize it five times. On that fifth time, whoever's name is up in that number one position is going to be our winner. So here we go. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. And number five. John Harden is the winner for this week's Whiskerware Apparel. Congratulations, John. All right, John. All right, so now going on um, back onto the the safety and surrounding topic. Um, do you guys have anything else that you want to throw in as far as uh, some other safety things that might be uh, relevant for on the boat? Yeah, um, I was, you know, we still got a little bit of summertime left here and, you know, a little bit of night fishing going on. Um, and, you know, we've talked before about trying to get a uh, barge captain on here and, and, you know, talk about communication with boats and, you know, all that different type of stuff. But barges uh, is really important. You know, they have the right of way and it can be very dangerous. Um, you know, they're very silent. Um, you know, if you're planning on getting on the edge of the river channel and uh, putting your little jingle bells out and trying to get you a little nap in on one of these major rivers, it could be a, a big mistake. So, um, you know, y'all watch out when y'all are out on these major rivers for these barges. They're, um, you know, just their wakes a lot of times if you're close enough can, you know, swamp, you know, smaller giant boats. So, you know, I just believe, be aware that they're out there and be careful. I believe one of the scary, and, and I have a big deep V boat. I believe I was in my Lund, and w I think it's the only time that I, well, probably the second time that I've I've ever been scared on the Ohio River. I mean, I know the Ohio River is nothing like what they have on the Mississippi and the Missouri and stuff, and that's just something that, you know, I'd have to get used to being on that body of water. But being on the Ohio River, one of the scariest times I've ever had, was when one of them empty tugboats, not pushing any barges, and I was, I believe I was in the Lawrenceburg area right out of Tanner's Creek, and there's a, there's one of the um, power factories there, power companies that, that's right on the river, and I was, you know, just, you know, motoring along right along the, the side there looking for a place to fish, and one of them tugboats not pushing any, any barges, came flying and I mean those little things I didn't realize they could go that fast but when they do that they put off an unbelievable amount of wake I mean I had my boat almost completely sideways and I was just holding on for dear life you know and that kind of stuff you know I've seen them do it before where they're out on the river and they're not pushing any barges and them little things will be booking it and they're gonna put off way more wake than what the barges put off so yeah, that that is a fact, and and um, you know there's there's a lot of places on these rivers that is 
um, I'm not going to say unsafe, but they bear a, a great deal of respect. There was a bad accident last year uh, at Alton, below the Alton Dam. Uh, one of our, our friends uh, ended up losing his life down there. Uh, and, and I'm not sure anybody knows exactly yet what's happened or if the reports are all done and in, but, uh, you know, there, there's been some things like that. And we fished down there anchored up, and, and with, when, when you're sitting there and, and you've got three to five, six-mile-an-hour current going by you, making the noise it makes, and uh, some of you have the ball game listening on the radio or whatever, uh, them barges will sneak right up on you before you know it. And uh, uh, so some of them are pretty nice and some of them aren't. When we get back to the part about getting a riverboat captain on here, uh, I've talked with uh, Ricky Bracken, and, and he'll be glad to do the show. It's just getting him in off of, off of the, the barge when he can take time out. Ricky has done seminars for us uh, at some of our year-end uh, uh, meetings where we pass out prizes and stuff for Twisted Cat Outdoors, and, and uh, he is very knowledgeable. He operates the big barges that go from St. Louis and below, uh, and, you know, he's run the smaller ones. He, he's very very up to speed with rules and regulations and conservation and what to do and what not to do and he'll be excellent once we get a time when when he's going to be in on a Monday uh, and we can get him on here uh, you'll enjoy visiting with Ricky he's an outstanding person and uh, him and Ryan Casey uh, opened up the uh, the uh, guide service that Ryan now runs show me catfishing and, and Ricky's just a really nice guy and, and he'll be able to answer any question that you guys have about barges and safety and uh, how to get a hold of them and different things, he'll have the answers that you need. So as soon as we can get him in and uh, get him on where we can uh, have a date where it's convenient for everybody, it'll make a great show. Yeah, I, I, I've always, I mean, since I've been on the Ohio River a lot here in the past, I guess, four or five years, I've I've really been sort of touting it to anybody on the boat with me. You'll hear me say it. Is there's been quite a few times where I'd be going down the river and I I don't have the greatest night vision. I don't think a lot of people do. Um, and those barges, being as as wide as they are and as big as they are, they have just basically one tiny little green light, one tiny little red light on each corner, and there sometimes there's a flashing yellow light in the middle. And and it, and I mean it's not a big flashing light. It's not, you know, real noticeable. It's very very like it could look like something on each bank, and that's just what it'll look. It could look like a, a flashing light on this bank and a little flashing light on this bank. And you know if you're sitting in and you're not sitting in that right and you're just motoring down river, the whole front of that barge is black. So during the night, you know I, I've always said they with the LEDs and stuff that we have today. I think the front of them barges should be lit up a little better. I agree. And uh, Jason just mentioned uh, about the uh, the marine two-way marine radios. Um, realistically, and, and he is correct that that is uh, it's not a law. It's not something that is mandatory in any sense of the word, but it should be in the St. Louis area or any area that has the, that type of barge trapping. Um, not only are they a safety factor, you can use them things to contact barges if you're, you know, if you're anchored up and one's coming up the, 
the river and they're in a bend and you looks like they're coming at you and maybe they are and maybe they're not, you can holler at them and say, hey, are we in your way uh, in time to get out of the way? I mean, they are they are a great deal. Uh, we keep saying that Cindy and I do that we're going to get one and we are going to get one. We're going to have one this year. Uh, in fact, I'm probably going to go ahead and order it and uh, uh, you can buy them very reasonably at different stores and marinas. You can also get them off of eBay pretty reasonable. And you're correct, Jason, at night in that area or any area with that much barge traffic, uh, it is just, it's a must. You really need to have them. Uh, you'll be amazed at how convenient they are once you do have them. Say you're coming up to a lock and dam and, and you want to lock through, you can call ahead and say, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm there or I'm you know, how long is it going to be before I can get locked through? And, and them guys will answer your questions. And uh, like I say, if, if you're fishing and it looks like you're going to get hit, you can say, hey, buddy, I'm sitting out here in this fishing boat. Am I in your way? Do I need to move? And they'll tell you. And most of those guys uh, are very nice and friendly to deal with. Now, there's some that's not. I'm not going to say that that isn't the fact because some of them, they don't care if you're out there or not. But for the most part, they are very... Uh, astute and will will treat you with the respect you give them. I would say a good a good idea if you don't have the two way radio and you're sitting out and you're and you feel like you possibly are in the way. A good indication that you're in his way and he's far and you know he might be a little ways away, but he'll start spotlighting you and he won't take his spotlight off of you. If he's doing that, he might be telling you you're in the way. You need to move. Yes, yeah, most of the time you're right. Yeah, and he, he's you know anywhere between them uh, them channel markers uh, from the left to the right, and usually they're not gonna they're not gonna turn any. They're gonna take that straight line and they're gonna cut corners. So most places that we like to fish, being catfishermen, um, that's usually in the in their line because they're gonna cut those corners, and they're gonna you know the closest from point A to Point B is the straight line, so that's what they do. So that's uh, and another thing on the markers, uh, very, very, very rarely will you ever see one out of the main channel away from them. You know, they just they cannot take the chance of, of beaching that that uh, barge up on. So they're going to be uh, between those buoy markers, and if you uh, if you're out away from them, you're not. I'm not going to say you're not going to get hit, but the chances are very slim that they'll be up there where you're at. But if you are between those buoy markers, there will always be that risk, and that's when it's time to ask them and say, hey, are, am I in your way? Or are you coming here? Do I need to move? Or whatever the case might be. Uh, and that's how you find out. The other good thing to know is, is before you go and you anchor up on a spot, especially sitting like on the uh, right, right before a bend, um, you know, there, there, it could be a narrow stretch of river. I mean, it might be a big river, but for whatever reason, that bend might be on a narrow part of it. And when you start going across that water, you might realize that that the uh, the channel, basically the 30 foot plus of water, is only so wide, and it might come right up to the bank. Whereas the whole other side of that river might be, you know, 15 foot, and that barge is not going to go in that 15 foot of water. So when he hits that channel, believe it or not, I've seen them do this. They can have that tugboat on a turn in a bend five foot off of that bank. 
Well, I mean, I mean, and I was impressed. I seen that, and I thought, well, man, I'm glad I didn't try to go get off, you know, get out of his way and go to that bank right there. I knew there was shallow water over on the other side, and I knew he wasn't going to that water. So I went to the shallow side rather than the closest part, which was that that deeper water right on the bank. Because if I'd have sat right there, I'm pretty sure he would have he would have knocked my boat over with, with the way he came through that bend. So. Know, know the water area, you know, know what kind of depth. Most barges ain't going to go into 15 foot of water or less. So, you know, at least around here, I mean, I, I if you actually ever look at the barges that are sitting up out of water, they, I've seen them where they have uh, foot markers on the front of them, and it'll show that it's when there's nothing in it and it's sitting up out of the water, it's probably still six foot underwater, and there's 15 to 20 foot, it looks like, up above it. So... You know, I mean, they they need a good deal of water when, especially when they're loaded. But you know, they're not they're not going to be in shallow water. So if you can get shallow water to be out of their way, that's always going to be your best bet normally. Absolutely. But uh, I believe I know I know early in the year when we talked about safety, I talked a little bit about. You know, I, I think there was uh, one of the big big name guys in catfishing had fell off of his front of his boat he had slipped um and i talked about there was a product that it was a uh like a, a almost a life jacket but it was a just a jacket it was a regular jacket that you wore um but it was a um a, fl a floating jacket i don't remember the name of the company you can always go back to clam. I believe what's that Is it a clam uh, ice clam something like that i don't remember i guess it was in one of our first four or five um, episodes. I know you can go back and look it up. But another thing I was going to say, along, along to do with that, basically, for safety, um, keeping your boats organized, keeping stuff out of the way. Um, I, You know, many times where you have your anchor and you pull it up and you just set it down the middle up there and you don't think about it, but yet when you go up there to grab a net or go up there to put the trolling motor down, you trip over that anchor and you could very easily just go right into the water. So... If you can, you know, try to put it up on the side somewhere, Get make sure stuff is out of the way, and, you know, you don't have trip hazards on the front of your boat on the deck. Even on the back end area, the the, the more organized and, and clean your boat is, the, the better you're going to be in a lot of different ways. So, Here's one other thing I wanted to touch on on the safety factor, and I think that's it for me on that. Uh, in our uh, tournament this past weekend, um, I've added a, a, a large toolbox as a live well uh, in the boat, and thanks to Brent Riddle, we got set up with a, uh, a pump pumping in and a pump pumping out, uh, where we can and on automatic timers where we can set it up to where it runs and shuts off automatically and maintains the correct water level and it changes the water out automatically, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, we also have a large cooler. Uh, probably uh, two foot or so long by uh, 12 to 15 inches wide and about uh, 12 to 15 inches tall. And that's what we keep our bait in, froze bait or fresh bait on ice or whatever it is. And uh, for years I've attached that to the back part of the boat. Uh, in that storm that we was in the other day, that cooler bumped one of those uh, switches for that live well pump and turned it on and in the midst of everything else that live well filled up 
and was not pumping out. Um, and when I discovered that, of course, we immediately turned on the other pump and, and pumped it out. Uh, you have to watch things. As safe as I thought that was, uh, there will never be anything that I can put on that side that will be remotely close to those switches. Uh, when they was installed, I thought they was completely out of the way to where we'd never have an issue with that. Uh, when you get in a storm of the magnitude we was in the other day with the wind and the big waves coming over the front of the boat, things happen, and that's when you find out that the best laid plans don't always pan out. So uh, bear in mind when you're rigging your boat or setting up things or changing stuff, to take in consideration for things happening that you're not expecting to happen uh, as it did to us this weekend and now I know that that's never going to be set in that spot where it's been for years but we will move it and it will be in a different place where nothing can ever contact those switches in rough water and turn them on and fill that live well up again. Okay. Are you guys ready for uh, closing statements and things? Yeah. You got anything else, Chuck? No, I'm good. All right, we'll go ahead and start us off on our closing statements. Okay. Um, Alabama Catfish Trail. Um, we're going to have a tournament here on September 6th on Lake Wheeler. Um, looks like the big blue cats are starting to hit pretty good. The fall's coming in. Um, we're going to launch about 7 a.m., uh, weigh-ins at three. It's in uh, at Ingalls Harbor out of Decatur. It's a, a very nice uh, state-of-the-art boat ramp. It's got everything. So um, if anybody wants to make a trip down and fish with us, all the information you need is on um, Alabama Catfish Trail page. Um, we got the rules, um, entry fees, all that on there. Check it out and come join us. That's all I got, Chris. All right, Lyle. Uh, just a quick thing, right now, right quick. Uh, Keokuk Iowa tournament last weekend. You know, uh, people think that if you don't get below, uh, or if you're not fishing from the uh, Alton Dam on the Mississippi River and below, that you can't catch big fish. Uh, the three fish weigh in was just over 80 pounds up there. Um, we had a really good turnout. Uh, in the conditions that we had, uh, a lot of good sponsors and a lot of added money. First place went to Troy Hanson, Amy Smith, and Jason Burgess. Uh, they won $2,000 for first place and $230 for Big Fish. Made a pretty good payout. These guys worked really hard at getting that done, so I want to congratulate them right quick. Our next Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament will be the 20th of September in Quincy, Illinois. Um, I think I've mentioned this a time or two before. That's an outstanding group of people where we have this tournament. They let us uh, go up there every year, and we always have a blast. They have a uh, really good place to eat there. If anybody wants to wants to come up the Friday night, we're usually there, and a bunch of us in there eating, and we might even have an adult beverage or two. Uh, it, it's a fun tournament. Uh, there is no extra money on that tournament, but there, there it's just a lot of fun. And usually there's some great fish caught up there. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was uh, the Twisted Cat Outdoor year-end tournament this year will be held in Keokuk, Iowa, where we just got done being. I uh, can't imagine us having two crappy days like that in a row with weather, but 
Uh, it will be a two-day tournament, the 25th and 26th uh, of, of uh, October. It should be after all the rest of the major tournaments are done, so we're looking forward to getting everybody down there. Uh, anybody that's fished a Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament is already qualified this year to be in it. If you have not and you want to be in there uh, to fish it, it will be double entry fee to get in. Uh, with $5,000 guaranteed first place to win. So uh, double entry fee shouldn't be a problem if you're interested in winning some big money. This is also going to be a 100% payback tournament. Uh, so on top of the five grand to win, there's going to be a lot of money in at least the first five places. Uh, don't forget that we've got the Monsters of the Ohio coming up. You guys need to support Aaron Wheatley. He's done an outstanding job for the last few years. We're all going to be down there. Uh, hope that we can all get together and, and everybody drop in and say howdy, and, and uh, uh, we're, just, we're just going to have a good time. I think that's it for me, Chris. All right, you said double entry. What what would that make your entry on a double entry? We're going to get that uh, straightened out. I've got to get all that stuff posted. It's not, not Everything's not finalized with the sponsor. Okay. It will be done this week or next, probably next week. Uh, we're probably it's probably going to be 125, 150 dollars. I'm guessing 125. It's not not set in stone yet, but for 5,000 to win, uh, that's that's still a pretty reasonable amount of money for that kind of payout. So 125 is double, or 250 would be the double. No, it, if it's 125, it would be 250 to get in. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right for uh, for my closing statements I, I want to let everybody know that we still do have the advertising on the website um, there's a couple blocks there uh, we have the $50 for six months and $30 for three months um, if you uh, have any sort of uh, catfish related uh, business or anything that you feel you know the people who are logging on would would benefit by seeing your advertisement get a hold of us it's pretty cheap advertising um, if you want to talk numbers, we can give you the numbers on, you know, what kind of uh, traffic we're getting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we can also help you get a advertisement made up to put in there if you don't already have one. Um, we already went through and talked about the forums a little bit, so if you can, you know, register for those. Uh, we do know that, you know, Facebook is out there. We've heard of it. We have that too, you know. But uh, the forums just gives us a little different of a an option to be able to communicate with everybody it's a little easier to find information that doesn't get buried or or, or uh, you know overturned by all the new posts and everything like that so that's the reason why we did it um, th we do want to thank everybody that's logging into the chat and, and chatting with us and, and bearing with us through the change uh, we're you know we're still we're just about a year old uh, we're not quite there yet but uh, we're, we got a lot of things that we're working through and trying, you know, with the different chats, and, and we're figuring out what's working and what's not. And I'm sure there's going to be more change to come, but we're just uh, trying to make it the best show we can. So, so uh, we appreciate putting up with all that. Um, Chris. Yep. Can I interrupt you for one second? Go ahead. Uh, Jason just reminded me, and I had forgot. Columbia Bottom, September 20th. Dennis, uh, and I can't. Think of his last name right now. The guy that lost his life last year uh, at uh, below the Alton Dam. They held a memorial tournament for him last year. They are also holding one for him September the 20th down there. Um, 
you can get online and find out some of that information. I do not have it. I will have it for the next week's show. So some of them, some of you uh, that was familiar with Dennis, I think his name was Smoking Barrels on uh, several of the websites, and uh, we'll try to get that information and have it up here because it's for uh, uh, a really good cause for the uh, friends and family and and people that's involved with that. And uh, you know anybody that's interested in fishing that, uh, it would be uh, worth your time to be there. All right, good deal. Um, yeah, the, uh, we want to let everybody know that even though each one of us individually have our own sponsors, uh, and they could be different sponsors between us, um, the show itself doesn't have a specific sponsor or company that is, uh, dictating what we're talking about, where we're going, who we're, who we're having on, any of that stuff. It's all just, uh, three different guys talking catfishing and getting whoever we can get to get on here to talk with us and, and help everybody learn and uh, have a good time and, and just just really uh just have you know spread the joy of catfishing around to whoever whoever wants to to take it in so uh, we appreciate it we really also want to reiterate the safety fact that we had tonight you know we've, we're probably going to do a lot more episodes on safety it's a big thing uh, it's important so please be safe on the water please be safe when you're out there even off the water um, there's lots of different things pulling boats. There's lots of safety topics that we're going to have um, to talk about. So uh, just remember to keep keep safe, and that's the most important thing. Um, besides that, um, I believe the next ICA tournament is an open. That's a Leavenworth tournament, and that's this this Saturday. Uh, I believe it's an overnight tournament, so it'll be Saturday at 7:30, I think, to 7:30 in the morning on Sunday. Uh, you can find more information on their website, but uh, I believe that's all I have. So, I want to thank again everybody for watching. Thank our sponsors, uh, Whiskerware Apparel, for doing the giveaway that they're doing. Um, I thank each one of our sponsors individually, and the guests that we have on the show, and the viewers, and everything like that. So, as I say again, everybody, stay out of my spot. 